Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome into another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We got Pops, we got LJ, and Uncle Tony in the building. What's going on, guys? What's up? What's up? So we are recording this as of Thursday night. When by the time people hear this, though, someone on the podcast will have officially made another trip around the around hey. the sun. Right? Is that am I correct? It's not me. There, there is that possibility. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> does Does Uncle Tony turn turn what 30, 20, 30, 29? Yeah, somewhere around there. Thirty nine at, at a forty nine <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere north of 39, yes. No, I don't mind. 57. 57. Hey, hey, the best year. So right? as so. just for the for all the JPP listeners out there, as you're driving down the road or you're walking or working out, whatever you're doing, and, and you hear this part, you know, just pause, pause the podcast for a second and just out loud say happy birthday, Uncle Tony. And then you can resume the rest, the rest of your day in the podcast. Happy birthday, Uncle Tony. You're old AF. <laughs> you're too kind. <laughs> too kind. We will um, leave that undetermined. <laughs> before before we get we got we got a, a lot of news to talk about. I, the NFL training camps have started, so all the quarterbacks that they weren't going to report have all reported. Yep. Um, we got Olympic stuff. We got big news on the gymnasts, but really just in general, all the Olympic news. We, we've crowned an NBA champion since the last time we talked. But before we get into all that, I do want to mention: Did y'all see the 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 major blow? That that came to to billionaires, at least two of them. Uh, no. Have y'all seen this? Don't guess. NASA really poured some cold water on the uh-huh. dreams of billionaire space explorers by basically they tightened up the definition of the word astronaut to mean that <laughs> uh, Branson and Bezos are not quite astronauts as they wanted to be. Good. You, Good. you haven't seen this, pops? <laughs> I didn't. No. The new definition. Let me pull it up. They have to have. Let's see. The, the the Federal Aviation Administration rules say astronaut hopefuls must be a part of the flight crew and make contributions to the sp- <laughs> space flight safety to be an astronaut. So you can't just drop two billion dollars or whatever it is on a on a a spaceship that looks like a body part and, and end up being and end up being an astronaut. It actually takes a little more than that. So sorry, Jeff. And Richard, Sir Richard, but well, Sir Richard's got, already went to space, right? So he got it in before both they, of them have. Which, but. which they went to space, but what are we call? I mean, are we really saying they went to space? Because like they just kind of went like I've, I read somewhere that they didn't even go that much higher than like the highest planes gone before. 
Did yeah, uh, Felix Baumgartner yeah. jump out of a plane from higher? Or? <laughs> well, no. not higher, but I feel like, I don't know. I guess they did. But when I think go to space, I think I saw like the video, which it still seemed really cool. But I think of like, you see the, like the whole planet earth, not just like some, like you see, like you're from way out and it looks like you're looking at a little globe on your desk almost. They didn't quite go up there, but I guess yeah. that takes a lot more time than just a day trip. You hear so. that, Ke- uh, Jeff? <laughs> Kevin does not appreciate your trip. Come talk to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and Jeff actually, That's what you think, Jeff? Jeff. <laughs> Jeff did thank me and a lot of us out there. He he went out there and he he did, which kind of <laughs> seems odd. He thanked all the Amazon workers, which I don't know if you know much about mm-hmm. the Amazon workers, but. They need more than just a pat on the back, yeah. I feel like. Thanks and then he thanked everybody that's ever purchased something around. on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he thanked all the people that have bought something off Amazon. And I'm like, you know what, Jeff Bezos, you're a real son of a... And then I click and purchase on another thing on Amazon. So I probably should just be quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi there. This is Brother Andrew again. Um, yeah. And I just... I wanted to call in and, and talk to you a little bit about what we was talking about the other week um, with Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room, yeah. yeah. I, You know, I was musing around in my mentals while I was sitting on the toilet last night. And I just, I was thinking, what a what a beautiful, what a beautiful application right. that, that truly is. Yeah. Um, it, it takes all of the the good things of, of podcasting. Right. Um, and leaves all of the, the, the nonsense behind. And here's how. Okay. It's live. Oh. It is completely live. Yeah. So you got, you got people up sitting on Spotify green room talking about live events together. Yeah. In real time. That's true. It's like, it's, if you have a, if, if you have a Twitter, I don't have a Twitter. Right. But if you have a Twitter. I imagine it'd be a lot like live tweeting something yeah. from what I've heard. Right. But with uh, just in just 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 in audio form. Right. Yeah, pardon me. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. So I was thinking maybe we could maybe you could tell me a little bit about how I go about getting getting on something like that. Okay, so so my understanding, I learned this last uh, week, I think, but uh you get like you get on your Google Play store or your Apple. What's the Apple? Store? It's the App Store, right? Um, so well, you, yeah. So you get on that, and then you search up Spotify Green Room, and then you just Spotify Green Room. You just download it from there. That's all you have and to do. And it's free. And it's free. And it's I mean it's live. It's audio. I mean it's good. It's uh, there's sports fans, insiders, athletes, executives. All of them are there. I mean every single one of them. There's executives on this thing. There are tons of executives on this thing. Yeah. Here's what I'm because I've been looking for a job, okay. and I imagine you might could get into there and talk to someone. Maybe they take an application. All I'm saying is, there's a wide variety of people on this thing that it seems like you can talk to about pretty much anything. Yeah, and I actually um, think that's a good idea. If you put in like an application somewhere, see if an executive from that company is on Spotify Green Room, and then you can reach out to somebody on Spotify Green Room and ask questions. Just check on that application, right? Just to just to do just to do simple business. Right. It's really all it comes <laughs> down to. Right. Um, and so I just I don't know, man. I was just I was thinking about it and I really do think it's it's the wave of the future. Spotify Green Room. Spotify Room. Get lost in the ears. <laughs> Musing your mentals. <laughs> um, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Olympic stuff? Y'all want to go there first? Sure. It only comes around once every four years. Might as well start with it. 
Um, so I started out, I don't know, at first I couldn't get into it, I felt like, but it was only because, and this may just be me, I feel like NBC has made it tough to find the event that I'm trying to watch, True. So like I'm, which I'm cutting the cord so I don't just turn on, you know, channel whatever to watch NBC, but it, I, I try to stream something and sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes I'm getting replay when I want to watch what's live. So I had a little issues, but since I've gotten all into the swim stuff, I've gotten all into the gymnastics, which I think is kind of the, the top of mind, uh, Simone Biles dropping out, mm-hmm. uh, at least for this week, by the time people listen to this next week, she might be performing again. We'll see. And she dropped out for mental. She's working on her mental health. At first it looked like it was an apparent injury. They're saying now it's, it's mental health. Uh, Pops, what, what what was your thoughts when you saw some of that? My my first thought, I guess, is that I, I hate that she's dropped out. I mean, I understand mental health. Well, I, I can't understand. I don't think anyone can understand the pressure she must feel because she is the face of American the American team. I mean, I think she is absolutely the face of the American team. I, I hate that she has essentially quit. That's just something you don't do. And and I guess I think she's going to regret it. I think she'll regret not working through this. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people are giving her support because she's, you know, taking care of herself and all that. But I mean, my God, this is what you build everything for is this this event. And And then it came to me, what she really needs is Romeo from 10 Cup. That's who she needs. If you if you remember Romeo from Ten Cup, do, do you remember Kevin Costner's running chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass on the driving range? And yeah. and Romeo tells him, he goes, put all your change in your left pocket. And he, he tells him, tie your left shoe in a double knot. And he says, turn your hat around backwards. And Kevin Costner's like, or Ten Cup's like, Roy McAvoy, that's the guy's character. He's like, you're making me look like a fool. And that's when Romy goes, well, what do you think you look like putting chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? (laughs) (laughs) And so then McAvoy gets the ball, smacks it straight down the middle. And he said, he said, how could I do that? He goes, because you didn't let your brain get in the way. And then another funny line was Kevin Costner goes, well, that's rarely happened before. (laughs) But, but I mean, that's what's happened with Simone Biles. I think her head's just gotten in the way, you know, she's overthinking something that she can do in her sleep. And, uh, she needs somebody, she needs a Romeo to tell her just to get out of your head. And that's probably easier said than done. I respect her. You know, I hope the best for her if, if she's mentally in a situation she has to quit. Well, I mean, I can't question that. And I have no right to, to question her. I, I'm afraid she could regret pulling out of the competition, I think is how I feel. LJ, what, what, what are your thoughts kind of re- off of what Pop said, but just the news in general? Well, so I guess on the, on the subject of regret, I kind of, I mean, I, we, we, we'll never know, right? Um, but I kind of disagree um, because I think that what she's dealing with, I mean, first off, just the amount of trauma that she's gone through in her freaking life, like she deserves a, a break. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, working with Larry Nasser for all those years. Um, I mean, yeah, geez. Pops, you mentioned she's the face of gymnastics. She's kind of and she put this on herself, made herself kind of the, the face of the the tons of victims from Larry Nasser. Yeah. Which Last is a terrible standing. thing in yeah. itself. Yeah. I mean. L- Go ahead, LJ. I just, well, so, I, when you mentioned that Pops said she was the face of Olympics, I thought she's also a face of a, a 
maybe more important community. And yeah. and and I think like I guess my point there is that uh, that I think she does a lot of things that are more important than the Olympics. Although the Olympics are super important and they give her the platform to do the important things that she does. But I think like. Um, you know, she's what, 24 or something like that and has already had a, a, a goat career. Um, and Michael Jordan walked away for, you know, two years in the prime of his career cause he wanted to play baseball or something. And we don't say, well, I think he, you know, I hope he doesn't regret that. I mean, he's still the goat, whatever. We don't even talk about it. Um, and so I just think that, um, if she's having problems where she can't complete her flips and she can't keep up with where her head's at while she's in the air. You know, that's I mean, mental health is real health. Um, and if you had, uh, you know, a torn ACL, you wouldn't tell an athlete to go ahead and play through it. If you've got a torn brain for a moment, you know, you got to take you take the time to rehabilitate it. But then even more so it could lead to, I mean, absolutely catastrophic injuries in a sport like gymnastics with a woman like Simone Biles, who who does just freakish things. I mean, one slip could, you know, be the end of her career. So, um, I respect it. We also I mean, didn't we we just landed the gold in the women's all around didn't we so i think suni lee who was is an amazing story by the way that's i'm really happy about that well and part of me wants to i so she did i she possibly would regret this pops but i think she also helped the team preserve a silver medal because she realized i'm just i don't have it and and lj's got a point and i never really thought about this because when when you're in if you're playing basketball and your head's not there you, you miss shots. You don't play as good, whatever. If if you're Simone Biles and doing what she does, what no one else has literally ever done and can do as of right now. Mm-hmm. And if she's up there and she said she got the twist, which from what I've read is basically like the yips. Yeah. And Jim, like she just she lost herself in air. If you lose yourself spinning the way she spins and all of a sudden you land wrong on an ankle or a neck or something, you could serious. I mean, serious when I do that yourself. kind of thing, Legit I points. could die. You Legit know? points. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Legit points, and I wanted to hear y'all, but I just I think she could regret it. But yeah, that's yeah. that's hey, that's me speaking from my chair, my my easy well, and, chair and in Texas she, Canada. And so. she might, right? That's absolutely true. But I think that's also like that's a very personal thing that like we'll never know or ever hear the answer to ever again, probably. Um and she's also she's achieved so much. And I don't know how many more Olympics she's got in her, probably not a ton, but uh she's still gonna be doing um big things for her community for you know, probably decades to come. So, well, and she really, you look at her, I think she went, I saw someone saying like, this is what makes like, you would have never seen Jordan, which LJ, you uh, brought that up perfectly. Like Michael Jordan did. I, I think that had something to do with mental health. Cause the last dance even brought up that it had something to do with his, his father and mm-hmm. stuff. So, but he, he did sit out. Uh, Andrew Luck just retired for whatever reason. It, it, this is not the first time it's ever happened. I, I saw some people saying she just doesn't have that mentality, that that Mamba mentality. I'm like, well, she also went eight years without losing at all to be what yeah. she is. She has some sort of mentality that's a, a pretty killer mentality. But I did. I saw the team after she won. I, I was seeing an interview with the team that also got silver. And someone said, like, they mentioned, you know, I've seen people say we we got the silver medal. No, we won yeah. a silver yeah, medal. I we won that, that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, you tell them. Yeah. Tell them, because everyone's talking about the bad, which, sure, we wanted gold, but silver in the Olympics, you're second best in the entire world. I mean, hell yeah. That's pretty damn good. Tony, you haven't, we hadn't let you chime in. What What are your thoughts, kind of, just on all of it? Yeah, and I'm I'm in between. I, I don't blame her for anything, and, and let's be clear, in gymnastics, 24 is old. It's like a 42-year-old sure, yeah. football player. <laughs> right. Uh, 
you don't see many 24 year old gymnasts and uh, she just came back to, to be the survivor. Right. And I think this has gone, been going. And the one thing I don't think people realize, because you don't watch women's gymnastics unless you're watching the Olympics. Right. But I was reading about it, you know, a few weeks ago, she was struggling in the Olympic trials and mm-hmm. she still made the team. She made the team. She didn't make the team as the number one gymnast. She made the team. So uh, th- this is going back to that. And, so this is not the first case of the yips in the uh, in the world of sports. The, the worst cases that I've ever seen, you know, Tom Kite uh, teed off one day and 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 hit a guy in the back of the head fifty yards down yes. the fairway, driving, and the guy never played again. And Tom Kite was a great golfer at the time. Steve Sachs was an all star second baseman. All of a sudden, one day, couldn't throw the ball to first base, throwing it into the stands. I didn't play baseball the next year. So yips and sports happen. And, and so, but what I do applaud her for is in all, both of those situations, somebody had to come out and say, look, you're done. She didn't do that. She could have stuck with it and said, you know, screw this. I'm going to get through it. Yeah. But she turned to her teammates and said, look, I think there's somebody that's better than me that can do this. So I'm going to pull out. Now I would have felt different if she had come back and competed in the all around. Uh, but she didn't, so I think she's being true. I, I don't think we'll see her again in the in the Olympics this year. I could be wrong, but they're calling it mental health. I think it's just the fact that look, I, I was just one on my game. I should be the twelfth of twelve gymnasts on this team right now, and let these let these girls play. And I think it's that next man up mentality to see uh, Lee come in and win that gold all around out of nowhere. Somebody knew something that yeah. she could do that. And, and so I, I think that speaks volumes to the team as it is today. And, and Biles being a leader on that team. And we may hear something later, she something different. But for right now, I don't think it was a cop out. I think it was her knowing, being a veteran and saying, look, I, I, I can't do this. Somebody else needs to step up, step up and do it. And, and the last thing I'd say is, you know, if it, if it wasn't for Cougar cashing in his wings, Maverick would have never made it to Top Gun. <laughs> So you got to know when <laughs> that's that, true. When your when your mind says when your mind says I can't do it, good things can happen to the next man up. So these movie references are off the hook right now, guys. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I think we're getting to a point, and I think Tony, I, I like what you said. Where she's at for twenty four, she's at an older age for an Olympic athlete, and I her career is like she's already done enough in her career to where th- she didn't need these Olympics. I think she did this before. She was trying to do this for like the Larry Nassau survivors and for just American people to give a show and she didn't have it. And you know what? She doesn't owe us a damn thing no, right. for the people out there. Who's like, she owes to compete in this. Well, no, not really. And then I, I did want to get y'all's thoughts because I didn't really, this happened before I was born or no, it, it happened when I was just like a little child, but it's kind of coming up now. The Carrie shrug stuff's coming up. You, you remember she like, so you from what I, it. from what I've recalled, you can do it. Carrie. She, <laughs> She tore ligaments in her ankle and then yeah. she but she had to come out and do one more uh, vault to to get the gold and the uh, Bella Bella Roy was that his name Bella Caroli Caroli Oh Bella, yeah so he was he, he you can do it and she went and did it and I saw some interviews to where she's talked about it and says she's glad she did that and all this stuff but when you watch back on that video it doesn't really look like she chooses to necessarily go back out she's told you, you're doing yeah. this, I, and, and the coach is giving her a vote of confidence. But they basically said, "Like you got to go." And we've already seen that clearly with the some of the other stuff that's gone on in U.S. gymnastics. There's been a, a history of the athletes not getting a say and getting forced into situations that they should never be in 
And so to see one step up and, and say, no, I, I know my head, I know my body, I need to sit out and no one can tell me otherwise. I think I kind of applaud her for, for being brave enough to do that because we haven't seen that in women's gymnastics and maybe we should see it more often. Yeah. What, what did, did, did you have anything about the shrug stuff, uh, Pops? I mean, I, well, I know you actually saw that. Yeah, I, I think, and I did, I almost alluded to that earlier. I think the shrug stuff, though, is that's what, I mean, again, I, I, it just, that was so amazing. It's like your body, you don't know you can do it. And you sometimes you need a coach or a dad or a mom to push you a little bit. Now, I think the athlete has to go up and instruct you to say, look, I can't. I can't go. And if and if the athlete says, I can't go, you need to respect that. But uh, there's nothing wrong with a little push sometimes because you're you, – I know all of us sitting here, I know we're not supreme athletes, but we've hey. we've had times where you've pushed yourself a little harder than you thought you could go, and you could do that. So I'm just – your body can do more than you think it can do. And that's and true, so you but do also, need to be pushed. I, I would also say that there's probably nobody, maybe in the world, that knows their body as well as Simone Biles does. Um, yeah, no, and, and I, I, I'm not. You know, that's why I'm but, saying but I'm questioning right her because I, I have the privilege to, but I have no right to. You sure. know, I mean, she, I respect her. Hey, she's handled herself so well. She hasn't yeah. backed away from anything. She's yeah. in front of the cameras. She's answering questions. I have a tremendous amount of respect for her and she's really damn cute, you know, but but <laughs> yeah. no, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for the girl. Um, I, there's a part of me that wish she could have worked through it and triumphed in the end. That would yeah. have been such a story. Oh yeah. I think so. I, I, I would agree with that know. too. Absolutely. If, if she yeah. could, I, I would hope that she would. Um, I think the other thing that we've all got in common is ain't nobody here mad at her. If you're one of those listeners that are like mad at her right now, just just pause the podcast yeah. and touch some grass, dude. Yeah. Like this is not your metal. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, last thing I'd I'd say as you leave it, I know a lot of time on this, but think about what how we would be addressing this if she had not taken herself out and the US team had not won a medal at all yeah. because she 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 did so poorly. And, and she then afterwards, did yeah. and afterwards, she said, "You know, I really just didn't have it today." Yeah, what would we be saying about it then? Probably yeah. some so mean I, things. True. <laughs> yeah, I think she did the right thing. So. Yeah, I, I do want to. I, I mentioned the stroke stuff, and at, part of me wonders. I think you're right, pops. The coach did push her, and she got they got the gold. And and I I don't want to sit here and go she she doesn't want it or she just looks back and wishes she would have done it because I did. I listened to something where she talked about how that was a great moment in her life and. She's glad her coach pushed her. I will also point out that her career was basically over after that. She never really recovered. That's right. So, teach his own. But she did win gold, and she says that's a great moment. So, it's – I'm not saying right or wrong. I don't think anybody is. But if, if Simone – I'm just – I just support Biles, and I think I speak for all of us. I support her in whatever she chooses to do. And and now, hell, let's let the rest of the team go win gold and silver as much as possible. Let's go win let's some go. awards. Hey. That's Sunny Lee, man. She's that's yeah. that's so cool. Did you see how her dad built her a thing when she was like a little kid? Built her a balance beam, and then he he hurt himself. But he used to do gymnastics <laughs> with her. It's it's a great story. It's that's a fantastic yeah. story. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I was going to mention so like just in general with the Olympics. That's that's probably the part that's so cool is so this. A lot of these people, not only are they supreme athletes, but like we don't see they're not in the the national or worldwide sport, the global spotlight like they are ever except for this spot in their life and then you hear the stories of like Caleb Dressel who just broke the record I think it was for the 100 meter freestyle yeah. in swimming 
he had, they, they started sharing a story about how his dad's actually became one of the USA coaches and they, they're like super close. And then you see him crying afterward. You see his family crying yeah. and you get to hear like the backstories of all these people. And you just the, the Olympics gives you that crazy high and low moment where it's like the people that win, they, they finally all this sacrifice and you win. But it also what if you just had one off day? Yeah. And but it happened to be the one day where you're swimming for the event you've been preparing for your entire life. That sucks. Like, that's like someone might be that's the best what's happened yeah. to Biles. I mean, that's yeah. right. But yeah. even like, what if it's one that we don't really know yet? And I'm just thinking they like, never get their shot. Wow. You might, they never end up being known because the one day that they were going to show it, they just had an off day. Mm-hmm. They had the yips or they slept bad yeah. or they, you know, whatever yeah. it was. Is that runner and you know, I, That's the crazy part about it. Can't Olympics. go off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing, Kevin, I've had this argument with the other person that lives in this house and, you, you know, uh, that, you know, why are we even having Olympics? All this COVID stuff, da 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 da. There's no fans, da da da. This is exactly why. Now she's she's watching Olympics every night since it's been on. It, it, and it, it's a fact of what you said. These backstories, and we get to see these athletes, and we don't really know anything about them. And I, I tell you what, I watched badminton for 15 minutes the other day, and it was just badass. I'll imagine. tell you, these guys are pop, 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 pop. It's like, I've never seen that before. That's amazing. And I, I wouldn't have seen that if it wasn't for the Olympics. So, yeah. you know, I, I love it. And, and you know, last thing, the, as the man once said, the thrill of victory and the agony, agony of defeat. Of defeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. what the Olympics are about. It's that, yeah. just that moment. And yeah. you feel you feel about it either way. Either way, you're, you're going you're gonna to be with that athlete. Yeah. And then what was it? Uh, well, I was just going to throw out Lydia Jacoby from that, that Alaskan, the girl from yeah. Alaska. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. about 17 years old. Was the first girl from Alaska to win a swimming medal, or maybe even you, a medal? I don't know. Do you know but then, there's one Olympic-sized swimming pool in all of Alaska. Yeah, <laughs> that is insane. Just in general, when you look at, I saw a stat from uh, Darren Ravel. Just pool to people ratio. There's one pool <laughs> per seventy-three thousand people in Alaska. <laughs> so the fact that she won gold is awesome. That story is so well, she cool. She went up to her parents and said, "I want to get into swimming." They probably were so pissed off. I can't even imagine how annoyed what? I am. Seriously. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say, pops? Well, th- this is just a weird thing, I think. But I love seeing, like, you look at our Olympic female Olympic uh, gymnast team. Yeah, and. You see different ethnicities, different nationalities. I'm so proud to be from a country where all our athletes don't look the same. Yeah. And and their family. I I am so proud that we have a country that we're a mixing pot and that we can all be we don't all have to be white or black or or Japanese or Chinese. You know, we can we can all be together and be Americans. Yeah. We're Americans. And that makes me proud. It it makes me proud to see a a very diverse Olympic team. Yeah, the Olympics make me about as patriotic as anything else in the world does. I mean for sure. Oh, me too. Yeah. (laughs) Big time. Absolutely. Big time. Absolutely. Have y'all seen the idea floated around there? I think it maybe started on like a Reddit forum or and I've seen it all over the internet. But the Olympics should do especially for or maybe just in all sports, but especially for like the the athletic ones like oh, the yeah. the racing or swimming to just there should be one lane that is just an average person 
so we can see how amazing these other people are. Because, like, Katie Ledecky looks great, and that's compared to other Olympic swimmers. What if she was swimming next to one of us? It would be so amazing. I've seen, uh, We'd still be swimming. We'd still be swimming in the pool. I'm about to drown by now. Um, I've seen – We'd the, have to take a break, yeah. get out, get back in, you know. I've seen the idea was the original one I saw was when the Olympics were in London, and it was like, let's get – everybody knows some Tim at a pub. That is uh, saying that he could do this better. Get that guy in whatever Olympic event he's yes. claiming. Um, and we can always have a Tim in every event. I think that's, yeah, let's go. I would love to see that. Because then that even shows you like the guy or the guy or girl that's coming in last in their heat. It also is like, yeah, but let's look at how that person is compared to an average person. Yeah. Like they're still amazing. She still beat yeah. Tim by like four yeah. laps. So, uh, Yeah, man. Um, on the back end, I know we're going to do this a little bit later. We have some more stuff to get into, but we are going to talk uh, Olympic sports we think maybe we could compete in. Obviously, <laughs> we know it might be uh, few and far in between, but we'll have a little fun with that. You know, one before I move on, I was going to mention one that was possible, uh, water polo. And then I realized that those people aren't touching the ground. They're treading no. water the whole time. Yeah. That's insane. No. <laughs> no. That is insane. Yeah. I'm like, I just, just treading water alone is hard enough for me to play for that long. And then they're going to tread water and be in the sport. That is insane. I thought they were Dude, touching they, the bottom of the yeah. pool. It's not like the water polo we play. They're playing in the deep end, man. It's not like you can rest for a second, go down for 10 seconds, rest your feet, then jump back up. They're playing in the really deep end. Nope. Can't do it. All right. Now I want to switch gears and come over to uh, some college sports. I, you guys may have seen a little a little shakeup. In, it, it, I guess they're saying it's in the college football world, but it's really in just college sports because they're moving throughout conferences. But Oklahoma and Texas, as of this week, have given their notice to the Big 12 that after 2025, they will not be renewing their contract with the Big 12 and they will be going to the SEC. Now, that may happen a lot sooner than 2025. We're gonna, they're going to battle that out in court probably. Uh, and on, here in a second, we're going to have Jason Kersey from The Athletic who to really break this down the nuts and bolts and give us the information. He's going to make us smarter because we're just going to have some opinions <laughs> here because, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, as a fan, I, I really want to hear uh, Tony and Pop specifically. I think... Y'all have a good insight on the – not insight, but just y'all know the days back when Arkansas was in a conference with Oklahoma and Southwest Texas. Southwest And now conference. we will see it again eventually. Well, not Oklahoma. What? Not Oklahoma. Texas, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Aggies, though. Oklahoma's so, in the I, big eight. We always played them in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, true. Tony, what, what's your thoughts just on, on the move? What, what what your initial thought as a Razorback fan or just football fan? What, what's your or college football fan? What do you okay. think? Okay. As a college football fan, here's what I think's happened. This is the first, this is the first sign of the NCAA going down the tubes. I think in five to six years, we're gonna see that the NCAA it is a shell of itself. And I, I don't know what kind of regulations they'll have, but it's gonna be it's college football is gonna turn into conferences. And they're going to have to come to agreement within themselves of what their rules are going to be. Uh, That's what I think this move is about first. Second, every 10 years now we've seen since the the late 80s, early 90s, when television came in and really started pouring money into college football, it was it was not it, it was no longer who got on the Saturday afternoon ABC game. And are, are, you know, you, the only way you watch college football is if you went to your game and then watched highlights afterwards. When, when ESPN and all the other sports networks blew up college football on television, everything changed. And that's what this is about is now the SEC 16 team conference. Uh, you know, uh, that's what it's about. Now, 
as an Arkansas fan, I'm all about it because I would sure as hell rather play Texas and Oklahoma every year than I would Alabama and 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 Georgia. True. So I, I am I am certainly fine with it. Get uh, and Auburn for that matter. Get Alabama and Auburn out of the West and or out of the out of the West in the East or however they divide it. I'm sure they'll find a way to screw Arkansas when they do this <laughs> yeah. new conference thing. <laughs> But give me give me the chance to play Missouri, Texas, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Mississippi State, LSU every year versus those guys in the East, and I'm fine. So do you not think that that might be? I don't give a shit. Do you do you not think that that might end up being so? We've got the SEC the SEC A team and the B team, and so nobody gives a shit about the the winner of the Western Conference at all anymore or the Western Division. Well, I I would doubt that because with LSU, I would assume LSU would stay in the West. Uh, um, with I mean, L- Oklahoma's also in the college football playoffs. Yeah, yeah every year. Yeah, so. yeah, but they won't be from the SEC. Uh, that's the thing. I think Oklahoma and Texas are both going to get a shot because, honestly, their programs are down. They're not going to come in at the top of their games. I mean, we can say all we want to about Oklahoma being ranked the top ten. I'm not comparing them to Arkansas, and I'm not saying that. But I think if you put Oklahoma and make them play LSU, Mississippi State, uh, 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 Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Florida on a rotating basis. They're not going to be twelve and zero going into their conference championship. They're going to be ten and two, and I think that's going to be a real wake up call for Texas and Oklahoma coming in. Uh, they just relegated themselves to uh, really taking a chance on being in a college playoff. Uh, yeah, because uh, you know you got to win the SEC championship to go to the college playoffs. Just about uh, again, things could change. But um, it, it, it I, I, you know, other than the other than the TV revenue, I'm not sure why they're doing it. Well, it's 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 the SEC's slogan is it just means more. No, it just means more money. It's all about the money, honey, and that and that's what Jason Kersey will tell us later. Like it, it's just about money. That's where bottom line is for Texas, Oklahoma. They can make way more if they because even with I saw a report like the projected 2026. Uh, income like what the schools will get from their conference the sec schools are projected to get 16 million more per year by 2026 that was with oklahoma and texas still in the big 12 now with them not being there and they're in the sec we're vaulting up the sec money revenue and then we're taking down the big 12 may not even be a conference for too much longer who knows yeah uh pops what are your what are your thoughts i know i know you got some sec thoughts over there my initial thought as a selfish arkansas racerback fan was and and i'm trying to think through this but my initial thought was it's going to hurt our recruiting because those oklahoma and texas players that wanted to play in the sec yeah had to come to arkansas potentially i guess or texas a&m now they've got the chance to still go to Oklahoma and play in the best conference in 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 the world, perhaps, uh, or, or go to Texas and play in the best conference in the world. Um, so so that was my initial thought. I, and, and then my second thought was that, oh my God, are we going to play Alabama, LSU, A and M, Texas, Oklahoma University? The only and two obviously. people that we're going to get any help from is Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and they're still pretty tough. I mean, uh, it. Oh my gosh! It just the gauntlet. It's like running down a belt line. But I do like the thought of having those regional rivals with Oklahoma and with Texas. I mean, I I don't hate those schools. I I hate them when they're playing my team, yeah, uh, Arkansas. But I love to watch them play. So I didn't think about till Tony was saying that maybe they do move Alabama and Auburn over into the East 
you know, and we don't have to, at least we get that. Well, so the thought is now, and Jason lays it out better later, but it's either going to be, they'll do an East and West and have eight teams in each, or they're thinking about doing four, four team pods. Yeah. And so a pod would be like Arkansas, Texas, OU, Texas A&M maybe. And those four would play each other every year. And then they would flip flop around the rest of the conference. So, because what's going to end up happening, if you do the eight teams, and each one, and you play those eight, you're going to see the same teams every single year without a few options to get, like maybe a Georgia in there. And so if you do the pod, you get chances to see different teams come to Fayetteville, different teams. Yeah. Well, and you know, lock in some cool rivalries. That's the way the NFL does it, right? That's the reason I hate the Raiders is because of a pod. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know if I agree, though, Pops, on the recruiting thing because I, I think, if anything, it – it helps Arkansas because they're going to be. What if Arkansas goes in? They already tried to get these Texas kids. If they go into Austin and beat the Longhorns, and now they might not. They might get beat. Who knows? They might get smoked. But if they go into Austin and beat the Longhorns, or go into Oklahoma and beat the Sooners, and then you're also recruiting a kid who can go be the backup, the four string wide receiver at OU or the starter, and there, there might it might be these kids with untapped potentials. One thing about recruiting, it's it's even worse in the draft in the sense that. A lot of these five stars, sure, Alabama gets five stars and they're all good, but there's a lot of three stars that end up being first oh, round yeah, picks. Really good. Tom Brady and probably so wasn't a getting, five star. No, you know. right. So you're just getting more chances for these kids to see Arkansas. And then they, I think you've, I, obviously we're biased, but maybe they go, oh, maybe I should consider Arkansas. And they take a trip to Fayetteville and they realize Fayetteville's not what they pictured. Arkansas yeah. as they pictured as I'm going to be living in the mountains, you know, and, and you are, but you're living in, in a beautiful area with a big city. And it's not just like you're living in the, the, the country and the sticks out there. So well, I hope you're right. I don't know if it necessarily hurts. Well, you know, when we went to the SEC, I kind of had some hesitation, but it certainly worked out for us. You know, I like the old Southwest conference way, way back. So we'll see. LJ, what what are you thinking? Well, so I, I heard it, you about the China. yeah. Just on the uh, the end of recruiting, I think it helps, and and I'll walk you through why I think it really helps every team in the SEC is because I think Tony's right. I think this is the end of college football as we know it, and the NCAA AA is probably gonna in some ways die, and good for that because I've never like had a moment where I thought, man, I'm so glad the NCAA exists. Um, so I think what's gonna end up happening is we're gonna have basically a minor league football, um, uh, league, and that is the SEC. And so, you know, if you can not play in the Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, whatever, but play in the SEC, you're going to go do that because the uh, amount that you get seen on the SEC network playing in one of your pods or whatever, I mean, SEC football is going to be the next level of football below the NFL and then everything else is going to exist. So you're going to want to be on that network so you can get those endorsement deals so you can get recruited better. And uh, so I think like um, that helps Vanderbilt get better recruits you know i think everybody's going to want to be playing in the sec because i just think that's going to be the new football league and so um i think all the ships in the sec rise higher when this happens now it sucks for every other team i mean oklahoma state's probably um very very upset but good very good point um, and they are they are very (laughs) upset but uh but the it went texas tech but but all of the teams in the sec are just going to get much better off in every single way for this i guarantee it Okay. So the issue that I have with it, though, as I think it, part of me is like, wow, this is going to be great to have all these teams play every year. It's going to be fun. But I, you're you're saying that the college football world is going to change forever, starting now, yeah. and I don't know if it necessarily changes for good because we're 
We already saw when AM left the Big 12, they never played Texas again. And that's something that that was a rival that fans loved. Yeah. And you're going to see, I hope Oklahoma and Oklahoma State keep playing. But if the SEC just decides we're just going to be the SEC and screw everyone else, you might lose that rivalry. And then I really don't know what this is going to do to the Texas Techs of the world, to the Iowa States of the world, to the Kansas States, the Kansases. Kansas has their basketball program. But there, there's going to be these schools that they – really their athletics benefited off making that extra money from the big 12. And now they might go to the American conference. Maybe I I just don't know if you're Kansas state, what do you even offer to a power five? And this is not me taking a shot at Kansas state, but they were good every now and then, but in in Arkansas, possibly, I I don't think so, but you could hear another fan say the same thing about Arkansas. If we weren't in the sec, I, I just feel bad for Texas and Oklahoma chasing the money could mean the demise of a lot of other programs. The PAC 12 might scoop up a few, the big 10 might scoop up a few. But there's going to be some that are just left on the outside looking in and their program. Mate. There's something about if you're Texas, you kind of enjoyed playing those schools every year because you, you play them every year. There's a little bit of a rivalry. It's college football is all about tradition. And some of those traditions are going to die starting whenever this realignment happens. And so I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, money doesn't always mean the best thing. It, it's going to help some teams. But I, I don't I, know. I, I think you're dead that. on about like tradition. And, and I, I remain neutral on it because I think like new traditions get built. And some old traditions will be revived. I mean, some of these Southwest Conference games are back on the menu, boys. Um, so I think I think it's going to be there's going to be a lot of fun stuff. We're we're going to see like I don't know maybe some cool throwback uniforms when uh, like Texas uh, and Arkansas or A and M play. I don't know. I think there's a lot of fun to be had. Um, a lot of new traditions that we're going to have. Tra- traditions get started somewhere. Yeah. We are going to. I agree with you. I think like the Kansas states of the world are are kind of screwed. And that sucks. Um, but, you know, because of this move, they're not all playing double A ball. None of them are, are, are the big boys anymore. Um, and that's just the way it's yeah. going to be. That's just and that's part of this. This new like players can get endorsed thing as well. I mean, that's that's the way that this is probably going to go for the most part is that uh, there's going to be the major leagues and the minor leagues of college football. Um, and that's just that's how it is. So do y'all realize Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, him, he was on a playoff committee with Bob Bowlesby, who's the commissioner of the Big 12, and they were trying to negotiate this new thing to expand the playoffs, and they came up with something where I don't think it's a set deal, but they've got the wheels in motion to expand the playoffs. And afterward, Bob Bowlesby was like crediting Greg Sankey for the great job he did and, and really <laughs> oh, pioneering man. this and really talking up Greg Sankey. Apparently, the whole time, Sankey's behind his back like a snake <laughs> prying his two big dogs out of the Big 12. You know that knife turning? That's that knife turning in your back there, Bob. I do wonder, do y'all... <laughs> and, and I, I'm not trying to talk shit on Sankey because Sankey's doing his job. His job is to put the SEC in the best position to make the most money it can. But boy, he was just... He was sitting there shaking Bob Bolsby's hand with his right hand and his left hand was sticking that knife right in his Do we back. genuinely know how this yeah. happens? I, I'm just curious, like, do we genuinely know how Oklahoma and Texas started talking about this, where that came from? Supposedly they've been – I mean, Texas has been flirting the idea of leaving the Big 12 since 2011, yeah. even probably before then, because they feel like – and Texas and Oklahoma both – I mean, they are – they're the money makers yeah. in that conference. Every other team makes a little more each year because they're just in a conference with those two. And so I think they've – the rumor is they've been having these back-channel conversations for years, and Jason touches on it when we when I talked to him here in a little bit. Uh, they were keeping it so under wraps. People within the – like within OU and Texas, high-up people – had no wow. idea this was happening. I mean, clearly, for this to go on, 
this would be big news and know what, like Jason even goes, I might be a bad reporter because I had no effing <laughs> clue this was going on until it broke. So they did a well, good job of hiding it. And LJ, to your point, I think they might have been having these conversations for years and years and just got serious here yeah. recently. Well, I, well, I, last thing I'd say, well, I hope Jason can uh, shed some light on it. But, you know, this is not a, a couple of things. This is not a done deal. Right. Because the, right, right. the Big 12 does have some significant clauses in their contracts with those two schools. And Bowlesby's taking there everybody are, to court. He's going yeah, out There are going to be some lawyers paid a lot of money, and we're going to have that's to see. That's the winner. Someone's going to make some <laughs> yeah, money off of this bad boy. Yeah, someone's going to make some money. And the other thing is, I, I wonder, you know, you hear that, that uh, the, you know, the conspiracy theory is that ESPN is behind this, and they've been the one back-channeling this for the last year. Uh, to try to get these two teams into the SEC because they know they got the SEC rights coming up in 2025 yeah. or 2024 or something like that. So I'm interested if Chase has got some uh, insight into that. And finally, I wonder, you know, the Longhorns broke off uh, a few years ago with the Texas Longhorn Network. And it was a, I believe, if I understood correctly, not a disaster, but it certainly wasn't the boom. Yeah. Uh, that they thought it was going to be from a money standpoint. And I wonder if that has anything to do with this as well. Maybe. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, and let's, let's, let's get to some of those answers. I, what now we will toss it over to, uh, I got to sit down for a little bit with the athletics, Jason Kersey. We're going to break down really, I'm going to let him break down some of the nuts and bolts of this and intricacies of this. And then we'll come back on the back end, have a little bit of NBA, a little bit of a, a little more Olympics, what we could compete on before I go there though, pops, I, did I just win a bet with you? I don't know for sure. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Moses Moody, Arkansas's own went the last pick wow. in the NBA lottery. He was he was he is officially a lottery pick. He was 14th pick in the NBA <laughs> really? draft to the Golden State. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yep. I was told I was told by a few people on this pod that he would not be a lottery pick. I sure Brian. did. I thought he I thought he played himself completely out of it. I really did. Um Come so, on yeah. and play. <laughs> Well, he's about to go play with Stephen Clay and and Golden State. So shout out to Moses Moody. I just thought that I just saw that come across the screen. It just we're recording this as the draft's happening, so I had to bring it to your attention there, pops. All right, uh-huh. now we'll send things over to Jason on the Oklahoma side. But I know you're all over it. So first, is this something that you had any idea? It, it shocked, I think, a lot of the college football world. Did you have any idea that there was even realignment talks, or is this completely out of nowhere for you? No, it, I mean, it came completely out of nowhere. I don't know what that says about me as a reporter, maybe. But uh, yeah, l- literally, uh, I, I have to admit it came out of nowhere. Um, I had no idea uh, these talks were happening. But the truth is, I don't think a lot of people did. I don't think a lot of people at the schools even knew uh, that these talks were ongoing. I think it was kept very secret, very, very at the uh, top levels. And um, I mean, they did a great job of keeping it a secret as long as they did. Well, uh, I know if if it says something about you as a reporter, it says something about uh, Bob Bowlesby as a commissioner, because it sounds like he had no idea this was going on. Not not that long ago, he was praising Greg Sankey for the college football playoff expansion stuff. And it sounds like from what we know now that Sankey the whole time was back channeling with Texas and OU. Um, I want to first kind of go to you on. So I saw as we're recording this uh the Big 12 or the Texas and OU just sent their official letter saying that they're not going to extend past 2025. How soon do we expect is the move I, from everything I've read, it's going to be earlier than that. This is just the formal thing. How soon 
can this move happen? And is it done now yet? Or can we say that? Well, yeah. OU sent a letter to the Big 12 saying they weren't going to re-up the grant of rights in 2025. And then they also formally did apply to for SEC membership. That happened yesterday. Um, they, they announced that. They sent that release out that they've formally applied for SEC membership. I believe so we're recording Wednesday night. Thursday is when the SEC presidents uh, are supposed to vote on uh, accepting Oklahoma and Texas. And then at that point, it just becomes about when. And I think uh, 2025 is unlikely that it will take that long. I mean, we're talking about uh, four years of extreme awkwardness if that happens. And uh, I, you know, I just don't see how it's feasible to for Oklahoma and Texas to remain in a conference with these eight teams for another four years, especially after what's happened. I mean, I think there's a lot of hurt feelings. I think there's a lot of feelings of betrayal. It just doesn't make any sense that they would stay in it for four more years, but they have to figure that out. They have to pay a buyout. They have to, um, or the league will have to dissolve. And, and so much of this hinges on the television networks. Just today, there's been a lot of news. Uh, the Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby is furious at ESPN, has co- publicly come out and accused um, another conference. We're all pretty sure that's the American of, uh, of already working to poach Big 12 teams. I mean, this is going to get really ugly. Right. I read some of the what Bowlesby's alleging, and he's from, and correct me if I'm wrong on some of this, he's basically saying ESPN conspired the whole way to get those teams, Big 12 teams to start moving and then saying that if the American takes some of these other Big 12 teams that might be ready to leave, that the bit the American conference can get some extra TV rights deals. They'll basically Pat, do this for us and we'll help you out a little later down the line. Uh, ESPN has come out and said that that is all inaccurate as you would expect them to do. Regardless, they're going to come out and say this. So it, it's going to get ugly. Is it going to get ugly between teams? I know like like what is the Oklahoma State team thinking right now or president? They're got to be upset, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the Oklahoma State president has come out and, uh, with a statement, as has Texas Tech, as has Baylor, um, as has TCU. Um, I mean, uh, West Virginia, I'm pretty sure, put out something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these these other teams are furious. And, and look, I mean, Oklahoma and Texas may have done what was best for them, and I'm not saying that they didn't, but – uh, the effect of their action is is severe damage to the schools that they've shared a conference with, and in some cases for over a hundred years. And so, um, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be contentious. The way Bob Bowlesby spoke today makes a lawsuit sound possible, maybe even probable. Um, so, I, I think it's gonna be a while before we have any any finality on any of this. Well, and I did I was reading just to kind of uh, go back on what you're saying about the repercussions it's going to have for those other big 12 teams. I was reading an article that uh, on the athletic actually that projected the gap to be about $16 million and like the money that goes to each team annually by 2026. And that was with the assumption that Texas OU was still in the big 12. So even if the big 12 stays around, their two cash cows are now gone. That's going to change money wise. And then as we mentioned, the, what I, I just don't understand what some of these schools like a, like a Kansas state and Iowa state, even even some of the other, like the Baylor's, like what do, what do they do now? I mean, do they go to the Pac-12? Do they start trying to figure out where they go, or do they does the Big 12 try to bring in a Houston and some other schools to to make that conference work? I guess we don't know. Like the possibilities, we just have no idea. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, possibilities out there. I mean, they could try to stay together and and poach teams from the American uh, before the American can poach teams from them. Uh, but even if they do that, that will not come close to equaling the TV revenue they would have gotten from having Texas and Oklahoma. Um, and then, 
you know, if they start looking elsewhere, I mean, you've got Kansas and Iowa state seem like they could possibly maybe be fits in the big 10, just because they're members of the AAU. So the academic side would be uh, acceptable to the big 10. Um, they uh, Kansas has basketball, Iowa state doesn't, you know, maybe doesn't bring a ton, but what they do bring is the the rivalry with Iowa. Uh, geographically, it makes sense. Their football team has gotten a lot better. So there are some things that make that make sense. I've heard a lot of talk about Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, perhaps to the Pac-12. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, if if uh, if those are fits, if, if the Pac-12 believes that those are fits, I, you know, I don't know. I do think that it would be wise for them to, to at least look into it. I wonder what's going to happen to the likes of Baylor and TCU. Um, you know, Baylor was, you know, sort of a tenuous addition to the Big 12 in the first place when the Southwest Conference uh, died. And uh, TCU spent many years in the wilderness, in the WAC, in the Mountain West, in Conference USA, until they finally got back into the land of the big-time schools. So I wonder what's going to happen to them. West Virginia seems uh, like, I mean, their statement they put out the other day was essentially a love letter to the ACC. And so uh, I think that's where they want to be. Now, will the ACC want them? They didn't want them about 10 years ago. So I don't know if that would uh, be different this time around as these conferences are growing. I think West Virginia and the ACC probably makes a lot of sense. Makes way more sense than, frankly, it ever made for them to be in the Big 12. Um but uh, but then you're left with, yeah, some of these other schools, Kansas State. I don't know what Kansas State does. I really don't. You mentioned, that, like, for the Baylors out there and, and even at Kansas, that, that they bring something to a conference basketball-wise. And I'm not asking you to touch on just them in particular, but this all hinges on football, right? I mean, they appreciate the basketball. Baylor can say we just won a national championship. But the big conference realignment picture, they, they're looking at football. Is that correct? Oh, I mean, of course. Football is king. Uh, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about it, but, um, but Kansas basketball is a big enough brand. I think to where that could be attractive Baylor basketball. Yes, they did just win the national championship. Does Baylor basketball carry with it the same cachet that Kansas basketball does? No, No, of course not. It doesn't. So I just think it's not just that Kansas is, is good right now at basketball. It's that that program uh, makes a lot of money. That program is very prominent that program would instantly become one of the best programs in whatever conference it was to join basketball wise. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously Kansas football is a completely different story. So I want to ask you about, and I know I kind of want to go to the sec side of this and, and kind of, I know a lot of our listeners, some of the people on this pod are, are obviously big Razorback fans. And so as Razorback fans, how do you, I would think, Arkansas should be ecstatic about this move. We know Texas a and is not happy about it. They might have been the ones who leaked it in the first place. But as Arkansas fans, as Arkansas as a school, do you think this is something they're all on board with? Are they hesitant? How do you feel about that? I know you know a little bit about the Arkansas, the Fayetteville situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on how you look at it. I mean, uh, on, on the one hand, uh, Oklahoma and Texas are going to vastly enhance uh, the SEC uh, or, or just add way more value to it. There, there's going to be a lot more money go, to go around for for schools like Arkansas. Um, it it makes a little it makes regional sense. Uh, Arkansas playing against Texas, playing against Oklahoma every year. It's never made sense to me why Oklahoma and Arkansas don't play mm-hmm. uh, ever in football. And uh, so, so for those reasons, it makes sense. If you're an Arkansas person though, I mean, I also could see uh, being a little bit worried about the fact that, you know, if you get put in a pod, if they do the pods, 
uh, you're probably going to be put in a pod with OU. Now, is that really any worse than being in the SEC West uh, that they have to go through every year? No, I, I guess not. And in fact, you probably avoid Alabama more in that scenario than you do now. Um, so I guess it just depends on how it's all put together. I mean, a pod consisting of Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, and Texas A&M. Um, I don't know if that's great for Arkansas. Maybe you swap out A&M, put Missouri in there. That's a little bit better. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know how Arkansas necessarily should feel about this. I could see it going. I could see the either side. I mean, I think it's good. And there are some elements of it that maybe aren't great. Well, yeah, I guess if you look at it as it's already obviously tough for Arkansas to compete for an SEC championship year in and year out. And then you add two schools, which Texas hasn't been to that standard the last decade. But still, you add schools like Texas OU, that just makes it that much harder to compete for an SEC title. Uh, what's Can you explain, you mentioned the pods, and just for someone who's not, so now the talk is, if, if you're the SEC and you're moving forward with, yes, we're going to have the, these two additions to the conference, the, the next thought is, do you do two 18 to eight uh, divisions, 18 divisions, or four 14 pods? What What's more likely? What do you think? Do you have any idea on how that goes? What's the conversation? I, mean, I, I, I think that the pod idea makes more sense because you're giving you're giving the teams and fans and players an opportunity to see more schools than they normally would. I mean, right now, right now, it's hard enough for you know fans of Arkansas to get a chance to visit every, every East, every stadium in the East, uh, because of so many years go between a lot of these matchups. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think the pod idea opens it up a little bit more. There's a little more variety in the schedule, which honestly, I think people want that. If the conference is going to be this big, you know, you might as well give your home fans a little bit more variety uh, on what they get to see. But, um, but the pods idea essentially is that there would be four or, or yeah, four, 14 pods and uh they would you would play everyone in your pod every year and then maybe you spread out the other non-conference games among your other uh the other three pods and and perhaps you uh, uh maybe you allow for a rivalry across pods like if George, auburn and georgia maybe aren't in the same one or um I don't know, I guess maybe even Arkansas and Missouri, if maybe that would be an annual crossover game since they've tried to make that into a rivalry. Yeah. So um, it, it would be interesting to see how they sort all that out because I mean, scheduling is about to get a lot more complicated. I mean, you're adding two more schools that are going to be uh, further West than any other schools in the, in the league. So it's going to be a little bit further trips for somebody uh, for some schools, but in the case of Arkansas and, and for Missouri, really, I mean, Oklahoma is a border state for both of them. So that, that'd mm -hmm. be a much easier game. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they sort it out. Uh, just, and then I'll let you go after this. I kind of want to ask the, at, my first thought when I see this is, oh, that's great. Let's add Arkansas, Texas to an already great SEC conference. It's going to be fun games all year long. But the big picture of this, like if it causes a big, of four big conferences instead of the power five, like we have now, I, I do fear that, you add all these teams to the SEC. I've heard hinting around like Nick Saban talk, like maybe just make an all conference schedule. It, we already, we've already seen like when Texas and Texas A&M, they don't, they never played again after that move happened. I wonder like an Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, you, you just, there's these rivals and these things you kind of get used to seeing that we may never see if you get a huge pack, like a big pack 12, a big, big 10, a big sec and ACC, you're just going to have those conferences play. And you, you mentioned earlier, 
fans get getting some variance throughout the year of who you get to see on a yearly basis. It almost feels like we could get to this where it's just these four conferences and they may play at the end of the year if you make it to the playoffs. But how often is an, like an Arkansas fan? You, you hope to go there, but how often do you really go to the playoffs? We'll see. What do you think this – it could – What where is your feeling on it big picture for what it means for college football? I mean, I mean, I – I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little bit torn on it. I will admit I'm, I'm, I'm very traditional college football fan. I, uh, I grew up, well, I mean, I didn't grow up in the big eight days, but I grew up in the big 12 days and, you know, Oklahoma and Nebraska was still a big deal. And, uh, Bedlam was always a big deal, uh, you know, where I grew up and, um, Texas and Texas A&M was a big deal. Missouri and Kansas was even a pretty big deal uh, at a time. Uh, they played a top five matchup not all that long ago in football, about 12 or 13 years ago. So um, I, I guess my point is that, uh, you know, I love that stuff. I, I, I still do. I, I, I hate what's happening to these other eight schools. I really do. Um, I, I think that it's really unfortunate. I understand why they're upset. Um, but I also sort of understand this is just the way college football is going. And uh, we'll see if, I mean, maybe in another few years, there'll be three power leagues. Maybe there'll be two eventually. I don't know. But if you do, uh, I would, I would hate it if Bedlam went away, but uh, at the same time, I, I have to say, and, and, you know, this may sound bad, but if you're OU, um, you don't need Bedlam. They don't need Oklahoma state the way that, you know, Oklahoma state needs, needs Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it, it, both in terms of the conference uh, affiliation and in terms of actually playing the game, Oklahoma state, uh, you know, in, in seasons where Bedlam is in Stillwater, Oklahoma state requires you to buy season tickets to get a Bedlam ticket. That's how important that game is to, uh, to Oklahoma state. And so, you take that away um, and that's a big deal. So uh, I, I feel bad for them and I hate, I hate that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, there's really nothing that can be done. This is the way things yeah. are going. Uh, this is, this is the way it's going to be. And uh, we'll see. I, I I'm very curious to see if those two schools find a way to play in the near future after this goes down, because uh, I think there's a lot of hurt feelings on the side of Oklahoma state uh, rightfully so. And I don't think there will be a super urgency on the part of OU to play it unless they, unless they really want to, but I, you know, and maybe they do, but I, I just don't see it being a, a major priority. Yeah. It just, it's something that, and you hit it on the head. I think when you talked about the Missouri, Kansas or the Nebraska, Oklahoma, these are games ESPN, the, the big TV deals, they don't care about that. But the fans who grew up watching, if you're the Razorbacks, you kind of, you want to see some of these old, Southwest Conference games that you just never see anymore. And and I think you're going to see the same thing with some of these Big 12 schools. I know money rules everything. I feel like that's what's changing. Realignment is basically going to hinge on who, how you can make the most money, clearly, by what Greg Sankey's been doing. And I don't blame – that's his job. His job as SEC commissioner is to position that conference in the best place possible and make the most money. But I feel like at the end of the day, some of the tra- – which college football is tradition, some of the traditions that we've loved are, are going to slowly fade away. And – We'll see. We're still going to talk about it. I mean, you're still going to cover it. We'll be here and we'll watch, but it's just, it's going to change. And I'm not sure if it's for the best at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find Jason. You're on the athletic. You're on Twitter at, is it Jason Kersey? Is it just your name? Just my name. Yep. At Jason Kersey on Twitter. Is there anything else you got going on? Any, any other podcast, any other plugs you have? Uh, no, not really. Just subscribe to the athletic. <laughs> we're, 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 uh, our, especially our national staff is doing a great job covering this story and, uh, they've got great, 
great sources, great stories coming out. So, uh, so I would, I would just encourage people to check us out. I tell you about every time I start looking around, I, I notice myself just clicking on articles and over mo- the majority of the time I end up on an athletic article is the one I end up reading. So they're, they're putting out good content. Jason, I really appreciate you joining the podcast. Hopefully we can talk again soon. Thanks for having me. It's a way for us all to be able to, it's kind of like, you remember party lines back in the 1980s? Uh, no. Back in the 1980s <laughs> when they had them party lines and you you call in and there's everybody sitting around in their different houses, but they own the telephone. They talking to one another. Yeah. It's, it kind of seems like it'd be a lot like that. Like a global um, party line. Almost kind of like a global party line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's done through Spotify, which, you know, I, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah, I know. They've I know. been around. They've been around for quite some time now. You yeah. know, they, they have quality music on there. They ain't got any Garth. Um, I'm still a little upset about that. Do they but, still not know, have Garth? Just, no, he won't do it. I, <laughs> but that's you know that's neither here nor there that's a that's a spotify and garth problem not spotify that is that is that is not my that is not my doing but i'll tell you this much let's say maybe maybe there's a record executive sitting up there on the spotify green room yeah you get in there and ask about that application and ask when are we going to get some garth on the damn spotify i think that's a great idea saying yeah there's a there's a multitude of things in which we could do yeah. with this thing. Yeah. Um. And you know, hell, I might I might jump on there. You might be able to find me on Spotify Green Room at some point on maybe a Thursday. Well, you heard it here first. The next the next couple of weeks. Hell, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. You never can tell. You never can. I've never been able to. And you never will be able to. <laughs> so I would just. I just wanted to to call in and and say you know I you guys are doing the Lord's work with this Spotify <laughs> green room and uh, and I sure I sure the shit do feel uh, the Lord in this chilies. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Spotify green room. Spotify room. Get blessed in the ears. <laughs> Musing your mentals. <laughs>Right before that interview, thanks to Jason for coming on. Right before that interview, we kind of mentioned something about the NBA, and we do need to touch on uh, – Uncle Tony, I don't know if I, – I thought you were the NBA expert, but did you call the NBA finals like nail <laughs> yeah. on the head? <laughs> Bobby Portis, going to be the key. Twenty if he, if he plays more than 20 minutes, Bucks win. Ah, the thing, how many minutes How many well, minutes he play in the final game? <laughs> Almost – 30, 36, something like that. I think in the final four, he averaged about 24 minutes a game and they won every game of the final four. So I, I'm not saying you should have went straight to the bank after you heard uncle Tony, but nah. you might should for now. on. I got a, go I got a wonderful a thank bit. you note for getting that episode out, out early to the Milwaukee uh, coaching staff. So, um, right. Coach Bud, yeah. coach Bud, if you would like to give us a smaller ring or, or <laughs> any of your contra- anything. Well, we'll take whatever, or just a shout out. We, we might even just, share the I'm, ring. I wouldn't be so mad about sharing the ring, but if, if we could have each one, that'd be better. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I, that, that finals kind of shocked me, especially after going up to, Oh, I kind of thought the Suns had it. And then Giannis uh, kind of stamped his, I mean, I'm not saying he's like top five of all time or anything crazy, but He's now put his his career on the trajectory of of going that direction. He really stamped himself as one of the all time performances by what the final game clinching game he scored fifty fifty and fifty fifteen so rebounds. I can't remember the exact stats. Had a hell of a game. Not not a whole lot of guys have scored fifty in a finals game, no. and then he Fitty. did it to close them out. And what was even more impressive, pops. All of a sudden, 
my man not only learned how to shoot a free throw, he forgot how to miss a free throw in game <laughs> six. He went 17 of 19 from the line, and they were all nothing but bottom. What what you think, Pops? Well, I think the thing that turned the tournament for me, and as I said, I kind of got a little lost, didn't get to see the final game. Uh, but but that play, I can't remember who had it. Maybe Booker or, or Paul had it and threw the alley-oop to Aiton. Uh and 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 Giannis, uh, and Giannis turned around and blocked it. I thought that that was the play that turned the series to me. I thought that was an amazing play. That was like LeBron running down, you know, that, what a year or two ago yeah. and, Slap, and blocking. blocking it was Nicodala. just unbelievable. And and Giannis stepped up his game when it counted the most. And and hey, he figured out that free throw thing. Of course, let's see. He you know they won it on the road. No, they won it at home, didn't they? They won, they it, won it at home. They won it at home. Well, I mean, that stuff on the road where they're counting, that would have been unnerving to anyone. So I a lot of a lot of a lot of uh uh props to Giannis for for figuring that out and working through it. Uh he damn, the guy's good. The guy's good yeah. and Milwaukee earned that. Earned that title. They absolutely earned that title. Well, so not only did he have that block, which turned that game and maybe the series, the very next game, he had that amazing alley-oop right there that pretty much clinched it where Chris Paul is like shoving him and he still somehow found a way to dunk it in and get the and one and clinch that one. And then he had the 50-point game, which ended up yeah. winning. And that's all like two weeks after we thought his knee was gone. Like we thought he blew his knee out and he's back not only playing yeah. great, but I, great performance by him. I really didn't. I didn't think he had he, – he dug a little deeper and found something that I didn't know he had. And I, dude's only like 26. So, yeah. I, I'm not saying he's going to win four more, but, I mean, he's won his first one before LeBron won his first. So, just we'll saying, see. Just we'll saying. see. Yeah, <laughs> I did love he – took, he took some shots, and I think it was one directly over at James Harden because he, he kind of took a shot at like, well, you know, you I, I could have joined, joined up with my buddies and joined a super team, but – no, we just stayed here and we did it. We effing did it. And and him and Harden have a little bit of a beef. And, of course, Harden demanded a trade and pouted his way out of Houston to get to Brooklyn. Yeah. And that didn't work out yeah. for him. So, good good on the Bucks. Happy for the city of Milwaukee. That Me place too. looked like it was bouncing. Yeah. It was uh, yeah. fun finals for sure. That's a good that's a good blue-collar town. And, you know, yeah. you really like it when those things happen for yeah. those those types of cities. True. And, um, I, I believe – Alice Cooper calls it Milwaukee. Uh, so um, it's a nice town. Well, staying in Wisconsin, did you see Wisconsin got their quarterback back? He's Aaron Rodgers says he's down to come back. Now he did have a press conference where he, <laughs> he's down he to aired come out back. everything. <laughs> he aired out all this all the shit that makes him mad about Green Bay. He's still going to play for him, but he uh, basically was like, he did say at one point the quote that really killed me. And actually, I liked what he said for the most part, but he had one quote where he said, uh, "Green Bay is not a." a vacation destination the guys that come here come to play with me and i was like okay all right aaron how do you really feel you know uh, wow i think pops i think actually the majority of you i think i was on the fence on whether he would play with green bacon i think i don't remember exactly what everyone said but i felt like y'all yeah. pops at least said he thought he would play for green bay is that right yeah you thought he'd be I, I think that's what i said yeah, I, I can't be for sure what i said it yesterday but you know something that interested me i was kind of looking through his contract so uh he gets 22 million uh, in in 2021 and 25.5 million in 2022, that's not a lot in the quarterback well, world, is it? I, right. Did he get okay. a huge bonus? That's a lot. But. Before that, no, no, no. I know it's a lot, but I'm just saying, 
30, 35, 40 million is is kind of the going rate for a top of the line yeah. quarterback. And you can say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. He's a top of the line quarterback. I mean, there's just no question. So that's I mean, did they pay a huge signing bonus to him or something? Is Tony, well, do you it's just know the, the fact that uh it's the fact that uh, what's you can call it? Contracts just go up yeah, crazy. I mean, I every year you got a new Patrick Mahomes contract that somebody blows the previous year's contracts out of the water. And now well, this the was market's changed. NFL Network. His average um, salary for his average salary per year from the contract he signed in 2018 was 33 and a half million. That's the average salary per year. Now Ben Roethlisberger, loaded. LJ's boy, makes 34 million a year. Russell Wilson, 35 million a year. Dak, 42. Patrick Mahomes, 47. So, and then the next guy, Aaron Rodgers, when he re-ups, might be 50. Who knows? It just keeps going up. Or Lamar Jackson. Even. He did, well, that's yeah. probably an actual, you know, pay this year. So, yeah, I'm sure right. there was contracts. When you said average over 30. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. He did uh-huh. get a $14 yeah, was, million dollar signing bonus as well. Yeah. They front, so, they, yeah, they made some they made some adjustments to get it so where he can leave next year and it's not going to have the impact that he well, would I have. Well, I think, Tony, I think I read that – what he did was he was because I think he was under contract for three more years, and they voided and he the knocked last off year. One year he knocked off one year, and he and he and he got the Tom Brady clause basically to where they cannot tag him once it's up. Now it still might be a situation where basically he said, "I'm going to come back and play. Or we're going to go try to win a ring, but also this gives y'all a year figure out what you're going to trade for me next offseason." He's got them on probation. I don't know. <laughs> It seems like it. And if you're the Green Bay Packers, I don't know if you really – I mean, both sides probably feel like they won out of this little standoff because uh, Rodgers got that year knocked off. They're going to go get his – apparently part of his thing was he wanted to get his boy Randall Cobb back, which Cobb's been around a while. I don't know if he's like – I love Randall Cobb, but I don't know if he's taking like pushing to the title. But uh, but the Packers, if if your thought process was we want Jordan Love to start in three years, well – you you got an MVP year the, the year after you drafted Jordan Love you got an MVP year out of Rodgers you got Rodgers back for another year and you get a year now to get whatever offer you can maybe it's five first round I don't know what they're going to get for him but it's not a loss for the Packers it it worked out okay for old I forget the the GM's name there but it looked like it was going to be a loss and I, I think it's working out and then you got Russell Wilson gave his preferred destinations. He sounded like he was leaving Seattle. Haven't heard a peep about that. He's back in camp. Deshaun Watson's back in camp. I'm saying there's no way to go to camp. Deshaun Watson has a whole nother. Yeah, no. Set if of anyone's discussion lost the with him, it's Deshaun Watson and by a lot. Right. Um, it's just what we learned was, uh, or at least what it feels like we learned uh, a few months ago, it felt like the, NBA, the NFL's had shifted and quarterbacks had the power moves and they could leave where they, they could go where they wanted to go. And it was, the, it was turned into the NBA and maybe not so no, fast. Only running it might get there, that, but not huh? so fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that, you, you know, it's great to have the NFL back in camp and, and hopefully on the next podcast we, we have that I'm on, we can talk a lot of NFL, but these things are just getting started. But quarterbacks are the deal, and, and as much as the news is that all those guys are in camp, nobody's holding out. Even Zach Wilson has signed, so he's in Jets camp now. Um, that uh, the the one quarterback that's out of camp, Lamar Jackson, tested positive he for COVID to- today. Oh, oh did okay. he? And I seen that news. second one, and you know now these new policies, and not that we're going to go into a COVID. 
uh, podcast, but <laughs> you know they're treating they're treating unvaccinated players a whole lot differently yeah. than vaccinated players. And and Harbaugh come out and said, well, he had four or five, he had five tests this week. They're all negative till today. They're only testing unvaccinated yeah. players daily. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And so and <laughs> and and Lamar Jackson had COVID last year. Yeah. And. And did not have a really good time with it. Yeah. He, he wasn't one of the athletes that was just right. came on. And so makes hmm. you wonder, but there he's out for at least 10, 10 days in their camp. You hope he's okay, but you know, that's a big deal. But yeah. you know, I think what it all boils down to is that I think, you know, Tom Brady shook the world when, you know, he made his demands and got to Tampa Bay and then got a Super Bowl. Well, then all those other guys were well, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl, well, then maybe I'll do it. Well, Sit down, shut up, and play. So I think Bitch that's where we're at now. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I um, get when is yeah. LJ? I want to ask you because I know these guys do it. Their time, they're drafted at an odd time. Well, LJ, what is the perfect time? Because now's the time to start. You need to text your boys. You need to get a date set on that fantasy football draft. You had to text your boys, text your girls, whoever's in your league. Uh, LJ, what is the perfect time do you think to draft? Because you don't, you know, you don't want to draft right before Michael Vick gets hurt in the preseason. You don't want to draft maybe the night of Andrew Luck retiring. Right. Shout out the gym. <laughs> you don't want to draft. You know, there's there, there's good and bad times to draft. When do you think is the perfect time for a fantasy you football know, I draft? I don't take fantasy football super seriously. So my favorite draft I've ever been a part of what? was on uh, Friday night after the Thursday opener. Um, I just thought that was super fun where you had like you had like some players that had like real numbers sitting next to them and the rest of them had nothing just potential. I just thought that was super fun. I mean, it's stupid. It's not a good way to do it, but I loved it. I thought it was really great. Well, uh, Pops I, and Tony, are y'all, y'all doing that? Do some years <laughs> are y'all doing it? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's stupid. I, I agree. Okay. Well, <laughs> well Con- uh, confirm dumb. <laughs> allow me to retort. Um, I. <laughs> I personally like the the Friday or Saturday. I do too. It's fun because you shake out. Yeah, because you shake out all the dumbasses. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time we did it when they had the first Thursday night. That tells you how long we've been drafted. After the first <laughs> Thursday night football game, ran, uh, well, wasn't the first, yeah, Randall Cobb. Speaking of Randall Cobb, ran back two touchdowns for uh, two two long kickoff yeah. for touchdowns. Like, oh, so that's twenty four points automatically. Well, shit, Randall Cobb's going to be drafted third round. Dude was a rookie uh, wide receiver. There's no way he should have been drafted third round. Sure enough, some dumbass drafted him in third round. They won the first game, but for the rest of the season, he sucked. And so you just got to be careful. But what it does, drafting that late, uh, I have two leagues that are really played. I've played a lot in. We draft one league, we draft the Wednesday before the Thursday night game. And then, of course, in the league of record, we draft. Friday or Saturday after that Thursday game, yeah. as many times as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, I think we started doing that after a hurricane or something. Lifford couldn't get there because he's like, oh, I can't get through a Lifford because he got us. Anyway, so um, we started drafting. <laughs> is that the uh, Lifford voice? Is that how you sound? Yeah, Lifford. Oh, boy, I came back and I did yoga. I yoga, do something new about it. So, I don't Lifford, even know what the hell he's saying. Work. Whatever. Lifford, you can't be there. We're not going to do it. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway. Around those, around that first Thursday, it, it, it eliminates your cut line. It eliminates as many injuries as possible. Yeah. It really gets you there to the very, very front. And so, I truly do like drafting that week of the first, the first game. I like personally because I, I don't know. I could see the excitement of doing that after the first week. It's interesting, but I like that weekend before the Thursday night opener. That could, yeah. Also, it's hard for me to do it on a weeknight. I, I like to do it in person, so to get people. 
get all your your buds and to in one spot or as many as possible. Like try to do that weekend right before the Thursday. Because the people that do it really early, I don't know how you do that before like the preseason games start. I mean, there's just so many guys, and I hate it, but there's so many guys that tear at ACL, and that's yeah. just like a wasted second round pick or third round. Always first somebody's thing. first round pick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. If you had drafted last month and drafted Cam Akers in the second round, you feel really <laughs> stupid right now. So. <laughs> If you'd have drafted that early, though, Tony, you should feel stupid already. I think. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's shift now. We kind of teased it. Olympic sports that you think you could do. Uh, <laughs> I want to start off j- just because I think it's going to be interesting. Pops, what what do you have written down over there? Well, beer drinking's not in the Olympics no, yet, right? No, we can. Well, I, I checked. That. I didn't see it. Okay, we could lobby I for that. Well, I don't even think I'd win in that. But I'd here were some ass. that I would. Uh, I would almost say sincerely, I might could. Ar- oh, archery, archery. I think you know. I mean, that's not like. I mean, that is controlling your heart rate. You know, being calm. You know, I think I, I think there's archery is a possibility. You're known for your calm demeanor. Well, I'm not saying I could do it, but I'm just saying yes. I think that with some training or sailing. I mean, again, sailing would be you have to be physically. You're so fit. bougie, you don't even know it. But no, you're right. I don't. I don't know any of this stuff. But I mean, hey, I'm not tracking fields out. I mean, I don't know bowl, bowling. Even if it was to come in, is out. You know, anything too athletic is out. How about dressage? Could you do dressage with your uh, with your quaffed pony? Uh, he's <laughs> overweight. He's overweight. <laughs> he doesn't qualify. So anyway, those were some things I thought of. But I, I'd love to hear y'all. <laughs> LJ, do you have anything? Oh, okay. So, dressage. <laughs> so, I think this question is obviously like not which ones could I abs- could actually meddle in. There's n- none of them. The answer is none of them. But like, so I think the question is which ones would I have fun learning or which ones do I think I'd be good at? Um, I think I'd have fun and probably be pretty good at uh, table tennis. If I really put the time in, there's no way I'd ever meddle against these fools. They're insane. I don't know. I just saw a clip of the two people in like, I think it was the gold medal game of, of table tennis. My gosh. They oh, it's insane. No, that's why I'm, I'm saying there's no way I'd ever meddle, but, but they would be that far above me in every single sport. I think, um, besides maybe the walking sports, I think I'd be in the pack. I, what I'd really like to do is I'd like to invent a sport and there should be, and it really could be anything, but it's just a mediocrity sort of goal. Um, and I think like you have to place right in the middle to win. I think I have a chance in in that. And it, it can be any event, whatever. We can make it swimming. We can make it. We could change it every year. I don't care. So you're saying if they get a gold medal in medi- mediocrity, I would, <laughs> you would rock, dude. I would okay. kill it. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I am the most mediocre athlete or not athlete person um, that there could possibly be. Like, I think I'd, I'd nail every mediocrity. Um, possible, but, but no table tennis, I think is fun. Um, uh, I could get really into it. Um, I, I would, you know, archery seems cool, but I don't think I have like the, uh, you know, the control, like my hands get a little shaky when I drink coffee and I like coffee. Um, you know, so I, there's a lot of these that are already out. I'm not going to get a sailboat. It's just not going to happen. Um, uh, I can't play basketball as much as the, I did want to mention my favorite new Olympic sport is the three by three basketball. These fools are out there playing 21. They're playing street ball. And it makes me so happy to watch. They're I love going it, by ones I, and twos. And yeah, <laughs> love it. It's just like we play. Yeah. I love it. Well, they're just playing the same, just yeah. like, but. <laughs> but they're playing the same game we play. <laughs> but right. you know, uh, I think to make the three on three a little better, they should have, you have two people 
But then there's like just a pool of people that are walking by, like maybe like uh, the crowd, and you do yeah. have to pick one person that's just like shit. That's the only person left, and it might be it might be a guy in jeans that won't take his headphones out. I don't know, but you just that's who you got to pick as your third. And maybe you maybe you get lucky and yeah. you happen to take like a former college athlete or something as your third. You just kind of got to pick cool. out a random pool. That would be cool. Woody Harrelson is walking by. Hey, <laughs> hey, you. Uh, you know. Tony, do you have one? I think I have. Mine's not a summer yeah. sport, though. Oh, uh, no. I It's I, no hesitation. 1,500 meter freestyle. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, up at, I'm, I'm up at four o'clock every morning doing 30 laps in a pool. I don't know what the big deal is about this. These six foot four, six foot five giants going back with that. I, I can do that. You are out <laughs> of your mind. It's in a freestyle. I think. No. What do we have to pay I to make that happen? I want to see watching, this so bad. <laughs> okay, so after watching badminton for about fifteen minutes, I think I might be able to compete in that. Okay, and you think badminton, dude? You're running all no. The, the court is not that it's big. Tiny. It's not like backyard badminton. Yeah, it's all in the wrist. Yeah. Pop it, pop it, pop it, pop it, pop it. Yeah. You got to be able to zip, snap. It's so all hand-eye coordination. You're in the saying wrist. hitting that shuttlecock is all in your wrist. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> what oh, I'm dear. saying. <laughs> what I'm saying. I think that's a good okay. answer. Actually, badminton's a good answer. That'd be fun. I too. think I could do it. That's and if not badminton, then uh, then I can shoot some skeet. Okay. You give me you give me a half a million dollars in a year and a half, and I I'll, I'll shoot some skeet. You know, I'll get it done. You give me enough targets, I'll, I'll get it done. <laughs> you know what I won't do is the pentathlon, which you have to like bike, walk, run, whatever, yeah, nope. shoot a gun, ride a horse. I mean, drive a car, uh, helicopter pilot. <laughs> like it's insane. Yeah. You said pentathlon and made it to like seven or eight <laughs> events, dude. Some of these may be false. I don't know. <laughs> I think I could do curling. I think I could do curling. Oh, yeah. Curling would be well, fun. I was thinking of summer. Yeah, events. if we're doing yeah, winter, I, I want to learn how to you. do the the skeletons. What I really want to do that'd be so my, much fun. My curling window closed about four weeks ago today, so you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with curling. Yeah, you retired from the curling community. Was it heartbreaking to everybody? <laughs> yeah, it was. I had to break it to him. Yeah, sorry. I, I my can't curling career is over. <laughs> I can't throw the stones anymore, boys. I'm done. Sailing. I want to take pop sailing or I want to go sailing with pop because I'm not taking I'm not yeah. taking anybody sailing because I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to see that happen because I, I, I do. It does seem like it. Hey, I've seen I've seen pops with an engine. I don't know without an engine what the hell he's going to do on a boat. I, We'd have the know, point I've method. seen sailing and I mean, it's know how. <laughs> And I mean the wind. I mean it was cool. It was super cool going through the water with no engine going. Yeah. I mean sailing is very cool. Isn't it? Sailing. If you're an equestrian, isn't that like the horse sports? That's like horses. Yeah, yeah. I, I can do that. You just give me a good horse, right? I mean, yeah. You really, yeah. it's the horse that wins. So yeah. yeah, I'll just be the face on there that that <laughs> receives the medal and stands up because the horse doesn't stand up on the platform. I'm sure. So yeah, I'll, I'll well, just the, be the one to stand up there. I got to tell you, the horse the horse knows that there's an idiot on top. <laughs> the, the horse knows. He's like, man, I this dude don't care. I'm I'm not jumping this big puddle. Oh, are you crazy? Not for this guy. Um, Can we do a steeplechase run, just the four of us at some point? That one where you jump through the water and <laughs> all that stuff? <laughs> breakdancing. I think breakdancing is going to become an Olympic sport. Like, no, that'd be dope. Oh, man. Uh, Can they do it on a cardboard box? 
<laughs> Has there? What about synchronized diving, Tony? You think you and I could do some synchronized oh diving? Well, <laughs> everything I've seen on synchronized diving, it's the platform stuff. If we can get, if they do synchronized springboards, we're in. How many gears do I have to grab before y'all will do the synchronized high dive? <laughs> I do. I, I'll tell you what, that is kind of an odd sport, but you can't take your eyes off it's of amazing. it. I was going to say the it's same. Own. It's amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's one of those where I'm like, my I never even yeah. thought that I would be impressed by this, but oh my, like, well, how are you guys doing? And, <laughs> yeah. and they'll be down there and they'll be, the dive, I think it's funny, they measured it. They were going to measure, I tell you how long it was, but instead of giving you feet or yards, or, they, they said it was the length of two giraffes. From from to head, from top of head. I don't know why we said screw the what metric the system. We're going with giraffe system. But uh, th- they'll be halfway down there, and they're still in this. Like they're still doing the same thing. It is amazing. Just for one person to do that would amaze me. But for two people to do it synchronized, it blows my yeah, mind. The pictures incredible. are wild. Well, those are the best announcers. I don't know if you if you listen to the announcers yeah. on those. Yeah. Because I forget the lady's name. Oh, they're both in sync, but all of a sudden you see they've come out a twist, and he's he's his revolutions are a little bit faster <laughs> than the others, and now they're out of sync. The hell you, they look the same. How do you see that? The revolutions are ones ahead of the other. Seriously, I'm telling come you, on. it's funny here. I mean, it's it's crazy as as someone who doesn't follow obviously any of these sports. You'll be watching them, even like gymnastics. One I've you know watching most Olympics. I'll see someone do like some flips, and I'll go. Dang, that was pretty good. And then the announcer's like, well, that was hideous. That I cannot <laughs> yeah. believe that she right. ended that way. I'm like, I thought that was pretty damn impressive. <laughs> yeah. so it, it does crack me up on some of the sports where you're not, like, we don't know really what we're watching. And we're just like, oh, I guess that was bad. I thought it was good. So now I just hold my comments. If, especially if I'm a room with yeah. people, I hold my comments until I hear the announcer. And then if the announcer says like, wow. Then I go, yeah, I thought that was impressive too, but I wait because I don't want to sound like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I know how to judge is the, is the floor gymnastics because I can tell when they step out of that big square. That's <laughs> yeah. easy to determine. <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, they're out. That's a three-point deduction right there. They're out. <laughs> I can see it. There used to be an Olympic sport for who can swim the deepest into a pool, like straight down. Really? That was an Olympic sport? Really? Yeah. Um, and so I thought like maybe I could do that because I was pretty good at that as a kid. Um, but then sinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The surfacing I struggle with, but uh, going down is fine. Um, but the record was like 70 feet or something like that. And I was like, no, that's actually probably a little deep for me. Is that, is that one of the way they wore the medal posthumously? <laughs> yeah. Well, he drove, he, he dove a hundred and he's still falling feet. as we speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're awarding it to his family because he's gone. But oh, we couldn't get him up in time. Have you seen they've done? They've been doing the fan, the family cams where they'll show like the family celebrating from home while the like the swim's going on. Think about that. They do the family camera while we watch LJ just never come up. That, that would be something. Do we celebrate or do we do we must we watch sad? TV? Right? Like wait, I, think I think he won. I think he won. Where is he? he, won. he won. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You have to tune into that. That's great TV. <laughs> um, all right. As we round out the pod, uh, we do need to get to the part of the pod that everybody enjoys. And I think we have an interesting twist after something you said at the beginning of the pod, Pops. Do you have a bougie problem for us this week? I really don't have a bougie problem Whoa. this week. Oh. 
I mean, life is good. Yeah. I mean, it's I been a hell of a 14 days for Lifford. It's so been a go. hell of a 14 days. I, I really, I, I don't, I just don't have a bougie let's problem. Let's go. You did have your little uh, mix up where you thought the NBA Finals was going to be, like game six is going to be on Yeah, but Wednesday, he got to hang out Tuesday. with his little niece, so that's not really that big of a problem. Yeah, but I was hanging out with my little granddaughter, yeah, Oliver. True yeah, that. Just, that loss turned into I mean, a win for you, so. Yeah. So, yeah, it was all good. Well, hell I yeah. Mean, I, yeah. So, well, yeah, I'll take the mantle then for this week. I okay. did. It, it came to me. I finally came to me. I was trying to tell you at the beginning before we got on recording that I thought I had some. So I was driving the other day, driving. It was from Texarkana to Little Rock, two, two and a half hour drive. And I realized about right as I hit the interstate, apparently I, my passenger windows, it kind of does what it wants. Sometimes it rolls up real <laughs> slow. Sometimes it doesn't roll up. And sure. apparently I learned that sometimes it rolls up, but it gets off track. And so, like, there's a little gap between yeah. the end. And so, I, I I don't know why. I could have just stopped and probably tried to get it back up. But I drove the whole way, and my truck was loud as hell. And I wasn't 100% sure it was a window issue. And I had to turn my music up to, like, 35 just to hear it because I was hearing all these 18-wheelers. And then when I finally parked, I realized, ah, I could have just stopped and rolled my window up. That was, <laughs> It wasn't my truck being loud. It was my window. It just wasn't up all the way. So, that was a... Uh, my bougie problem for the week. That's an interesting bougie problem. That sounds like a broke ass car problem to me. <laughs> it smells like broke up in well, here. I uh, okay. Can I give y'all a, a bougie problem? Let's go. Well, of course. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. So as most of y'all know, I had a hip replacement a few weeks ago, and so uh, that's what happens on your 29th birthday. <laughs> that's what happens. That's what you get. So I don't know who invented the toilet. <laughs> but I, but that man should be shot. I sure I think as hell it was John wish, J. Crapper. Yeah, I think that might be that might be accurate. Well, actually. I wish I wish Mr. Crapper would have invented it about five inches taller than what it is today, <laughs> because I can tell you that life would be a lot easier. It would have been a lot easier for me over the last <laughs> three weeks or so if the toilet was just about five inches taller. Yeah, and they make the really small they ones, just, but they don't make really big ones. Yeah. No, I, I I know Walgreens sells a an elevator, you know, but it just it just ain't the same. And I'm just telling you that. I, I sure wish they would have invented that toilet about five inches taller. I, I would have been a much more pleasant person to be around for a couple of weeks. But I'm good now for all of us. Do you have a follow up to that at all? I mean, don't. Don't write in or anything. I'm good now. So. Well, now, I, I think actually, hasn't there been like documented medical evidence that like if the potty's a little lower, you actually cleanse better? Yeah, like if your knees are a little higher than your waist. You're supposed yeah. to squat, yeah. Yeah, it's like the squatty squat. potty. Yeah. Isn't that what they call it? The squatty potty. Right. We're and not even supposed to be using well. toilets. But <clears throat> if you're going to use one and you need a new hip, uh, I do understand where you're getting to, for sure. No, I hear what yeah. you're saying, for sure. I was going to say, well, whoever did that study, that motherfucker hadn't had a hip. So. <laughs> <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to watch what he's publishing. Uh, LJ, did, did you have a, a bougie problem? I got no problems. I'm good. Hell, I like to hear that. I do want to mention, I mentioned driving. I And I we might have mentioned this before on the pod, and it just still irks me. I hate, 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 hate driving when there's the barrier, like construction zones where there's yeah. two barriers on the side. There's no shoulder at all. 
that stresses me out. I need one of those squatty potties after I get done with one of those because I'm so stressed out. I'm, it's there's there's a mess in my pants. I I just can't stand it. Yeah. Why why can't we be better at construction where we get that done a little quicker? Because like I, there's an area driving to and fro Little Rock where it's been that way since I moved to Little Rock. It's yeah. been with those two shoulders there. And get get you drive a truck and or really anything, and you get beside one of those eighteen wheelers. And I swear, I just one bad move, and I'm I'm on my side. I, I just swear. And so I'm over here, white knuckling it. Yeah. Well, I just think when you're going through that, just don't get anybody next to you. Just get in that lane, and sometimes and there's just, traffic. It, well, that's yeah, it. Right in the middle of the lanes, you just ride over the dotted <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah, stay in the middle of the lane and don't let anybody around. Be that ass. Do I stick a middle finger out my window <laughs> too? Is that what? Yeah. No. You should even get yeah. like an extender so you can do it out the other window too. <laughs> oh god. That reminds Those me. Are, of, okay, so this is like this is a this is a bougie nice. Um, I did, by the way, pops. I, I had an errand to run up to Fayetteville uh, this week. And so I uh, had no rush to get there or get back. So I got to take Highway 71, old 71 through Mountainburg. And hell yeah, that's yeah. a gorgeous drive, dude. Thanks for suggesting yeah. that. Yeah. That is way better than the, than the little concrete blocks on either side of you. It's just mountains and on either side. Take, take the Oklahoma route sometimes. It is a beautiful drive. I've done that. I get a um, ticket every time I go through Oklahoma. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> he's he's not welcome in the Sooner yeah. State. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's, there's Are there warrants for his arrest? <laughs> I don't think so, but we're not going to talk about it too much on the podcast. <laughs> okay. We don't know for sure. <laughs> um, as we wrap up here, was there any other things, or do you want to move on to uh, what we're listening to slash watching? You can have either one. Want to move on? Nah, I got nothing else. All right. Now we go over to what we're uh, we've kind of transitioned to where it can be either one listening or watching. So uh, we'll start with Uncle Tony. What what you got over there, man? I got one for LJ. Okay. So this is a listening watching combination. Ooh. I have watched uh, McCartney three two one on Hulu. Okay. So Paul McCartney and Rick Rubin. Sit down yeah, for a I've six episode. It, yes. It's a six episode series where they talk about the Beatles and some of Paul McCartney's music. And it's really about production. And it's how, and so he's got this big four track machine and they're taking things off and they talk about how they made the music and stuff like It's not about, you know, how'd you feel about John or yeah. why'd y'all break up? It's not that kind of thing. It's about the music. Yeah. And I found it really fascinating great music and they start taking down the tracks and Paul McCartney talking about how they made music. It really was amazing to listen to him and, and, and how groundbreaking it really was. It, it, and the things they were doing then were completely different than anyone else and how yeah. it really set the tone for music to change. It's a fascinating uh, series and someone who's into music and doing the sound that you do, I, I you would find it Really interesting. All right, I'll watch this week and I'll report back for sure. I loved it. I loved it. Pops? Uh, well, I listened to a fascinating podcast on Hidden Brain about stage fright. I sent it to a couple of you guys, and it's kind of about uh, choking a little bit, you know, and how athletes that are, th- are at the top of their game, how they can get in their head. So it's very pertinent to, to some of the things we've talked about with the Olympics right now. Yeah. But what, what I'm getting to though, is the girl, the protagonist, if you will, in the podcast says she sings the Eagles take it easy, 
you know, yeah. take it, it yeah. easy. Yeah. Anyway, so she sings that to calm <laughs> herself down. So that got me on the Eagles. So I've been right. listening to the Eagles for a little bit. And that was the old one, you know, take it to the limit, lion eyes, taking it, e- take it easy. You can't go wrong. Peaceful, easy feeling, you know, that old, old Eagles. I've loved it. I, so that's what I, I believe it's, it's on the wall behind you. Yeah. 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 I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, Hidden Brain is that Shankar Vedantam, I think is how you say his name. Yeah. Shankar. Oh, that's v- a good player, a Good podcast. I love that podcast. Very good podcast. I think I sent it to y'all. If you get a chance to drive and listen to it, it's about stage fright and it's how to overcome it. And it's, uh, I had to get up and speak in front of some people. And, you know, you get a little anxious about that. And it was, he actually gives you techniques to help you with that. Yeah. And really good podcast yep. and pertinent to our times. LJ, what you got for us? Um, I've been, uh, on the road a lot lately, so I've been listening to, I went back to a classic, my music, I really, really like playlist. Um, and so I've lately been into, uh, the band of horses is standing out to me. I haven't listened to much of them lately. Band of horses, great band. So, um, for Annabelle, the funeral, there's just good stuff. Just listen to band of horses. That's all you got to do. All right. All right. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as Tony where mine's a little bit of a like watch slash listen. And you may have seen this. It came out last weekend uh, on HBO. Woodstock 99. Peace, love and rage. Okay, It's just a documentary of Woodstock 99, which was interesting to say the least. Yeah, Uh, it was uh, it one. It was interesting to see that the, the bands that were big at the time, but then. The it wasn't quite like a fire fest because it happened, but maybe it shouldn't have happened. It was <laughs> insane. I, I won't spoil anything because it was kind of for me. I had no idea what Woodstock. I mean, I had an idea because the name, but I didn't know like the story behind Woodstock '99, so it was all new to me. Yeah, and let's just say Limp Biscuit was on one, and the crowd loved every second of it. <laughs> so I almost watched that this week uh, or last week. Uh, one of my last days before I had to get back to work. I almost watched that. So it's is it good? It's you good. I would it? definitely recommend it. It was very good. It was good. insane. Uh, I would say probably good. don't have the um, the little ones in the room. If there's if for all the listeners out there, it it, it can be a, a TV MA. Um, but it, <laughs> yeah. it was really good. I really enjoyed it. But, you know, I, I I think I've been on this podcast podcast before to say that '90s alternative is one of my favorite eras of of music. Yeah, uh, and they say that not, Woodstock '99 was the end of of grunge and '90s alternative. You it, know, that mm-hmm. makes I, I've been thinking about. Uh, I saw a post about uh, 1991 being maybe the best year in all of music history um, because. Hmm. Nirvana's Nevermind was released. Pearl Jam's 10 was released. Blood Sugar Sex Magic was released. Octung Baby was released. Out of Time by R.E.M. was released. All within, I think, three weeks of each other. Those came out. Oh, including mm-hmm. Use Your Illusion by uh, Guns N' Roses. Um, I mean, that, uh, yeah. The 90s rock was, uh, there's nothing like it, dude. Nothing well, what? Like yeah. Woodstock 99 <laughs> kind of shows you they took the best parts of that genre and... Uh, took it a different direction and, 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 and it <laughs> yes, and, 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 biscuit in it. and it was interesting to say the least. So definitely check that out. Right, I think, I, okay. I'll check it out. I think that wraps us up. Are we, we good to go? We put put a bow on this bad boy and, and put her out, put it up, put it up. All right, that'll do it for this week's just press play pod. Next time we come on, I believe 
the first the, the Hall of Fame game will have been played. The oh, first episode of possibly wow. Hard Knocks dun, dun, with dun, the dun, Dallas Cowboys dun, dun, will have been aired. Dun, dun. There, who knows what we have in store for wow. you next time? So dun, make sure you check dun, us out. Dun, dun. You can follow. <laughs> you can keep up with everything Just Press Play related on Facebook or Twitter. Just find us at Just Press Play Podcast. Just search us, and you will find us. Hit the follow button, the like button. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify. I mean, I guess if you're listening to this, you probably know we're, yeah, we're you on have something that you use. Yeah. So just make sure you hit play. <laughs> now just go though. back to it and hit the other button and subscribe. And then while you're there, shit, now you're on the app. Hit a review. Go ahead and leave a review. Put, put it five stars. Why not? What, what's it going to hurt? Uh, love you. mean it. <laughs> that'll do it, guys. I will talk to you later. Peace. Peace. I'm going to go practice my sailing. You know, this is... I just I looked up the Longhorn Network and apparently ESPN still owes you might talk about this with Jason I don't know but you, uh, ESPN still owes the University of Texas uh, 160 million of the 300 million contract which is more than enough to pay for those schools to leave the Big 12 immediately so the Longhorn Network might actually buy them out of the Big 12 <laughs> there it is well Tony was right. Molesby is taking ESPN. And he's saying ESPN is the mastermind of all this bullshit. We're going to court. We're going to court. I'm taking those damn Yankees to court. Bristol, Connecticut can't come down here and steal water. Take one.